players are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Show with former Chicago Bears nickelback DJ Moore. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Chris and DJ Show. I am Chris Shanfeld. He's former Chicago Bear DJ Moore. Hope everybody's enjoying their evening. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, or you're catching the show at another time on iTunes or Spotify, anywhere where a podcast could be found. Again, I'm Chris Shanfeld. He's DJ Moore. We got a show Twitter page now at uh, Chris and DJ Show. So go ahead and go follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as uh, DJ at DJ Moore 30. I'm at Chris Shanifel if you want to follow us personally, but the show. We're, we're up. We got a Twitter page, at Chris and DJ Show. Uh, DJ, what's going on, man? Ain't not much, man. Chilling, getting ready for tomorrow. I got to meet with my prince, but I got an evaluation next week. Oh, so, man. It's like my first one, so that's going to be uh, – I ain't nervous, really, but I ain't never really, like, lesson plan because we normally do it as a group. So, he's not going to have to pull you over to the side like Nagy had to do to Trubisky last year and tell you to step up, is he? Well, she, but hopefully she. not. Hopefully not, though. You know what I mean? But that's that's a possibility if you don't do what you're supposed to do. Oh, man. All right. Well, good luck to you on that. Uh, later in the show, in about actually uh, 10 minutes from now, we'll be joined by Chris Emma. He is uh, on the Bears beat. He covers the Bears for 670, the score here in Chicago. So looking forward to, to getting – his take on, on this team and, and their chances for this uh, coming uh, Sunday against the Detroit Lions as Detroit comes to town to play the Bears on the lake front. Of course, the Bears have lost five in a row now. Um, <laughs> check this out, DJ. I mean, as bad as that sounds, the Bears have not won a football game uh, on Sunday. Uh, come Sunday, it'll be 49 days. So we'll see if the mm-hmm. Bears can get their first win in 49 days. Um, so, uh, again, Chris Emma will join the show here in about 10 minutes, but before we get to him, DJ, uh, I do want to talk as people might see on the, uh, on the runner down below, uh, Devin Hester. Now I, I thought this was weird and you actually confirmed to me that this interview isn't really anything new, but this has been out in the news now the past 24 hours. I seen this interview for the first time. I, I think it was actually two months ago when it first dropped, um, with Bleacher Report, uh, Gridiron. Devin Hester uh, spoke uh, with them, did an interview with them. We got a short clip here that I'll play. Um, But he he dropped some heat, man. He dropped some heat. And it wasn't really anything that was unexpected. We knew that he had kind of a shaky relationship. Well, well, we as in like the fans and the media, DJ, I know you as a teammate, you probably knew this for quite a while. But 
we knew even when they were uh, teammates uh, that he and Jay Cutler did not really uh, see eye to eye on some things. And, and um, you know, obviously as a wide receiver, you'd like to see more balls thrown your way and you'd like to get more opportunities. And that didn't really seem to happen for Devin in the offense uh, w- with the Chicago Bears. But um, he recently spoke with uh, w- with Bleacher Report Gridiron and uh, he-, he-, he talked about this wager that he did with Julius Peppers. DJ, were you on this team? 2012, I think it was. Uh, no, no, was okay. I think it was like my last year, might have been 2011, like the 2010, 2011. I think. Well, it could have been. It, it could have been. Well, it was close. I were, were, either right there, or either just left. Right. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, here's what Devin has tried to say about this wager that he had with uh, Julius Peppers, and it ended in uh, Julius Peppers. I mean, the, the guy had. He had some nice paydays back in his day, but uh, he he had to pay up to Devin Hester after this one. So uh, let, let's take a look. I'm on the sideline, we're in practice, right? They're doing pregame, warming up, tossing and throwing the ball. Jay Cutler and B. Marshall get into it. <laughs> B. Marshall yell out, I made you. You know what I mean? You want for me, you, you want me, Jay Cutler. All these Pro Bowl stuff, you got, you got this because of me. I'm looking at Julius Pepper, he looking at me. I say, listen here. We finna make a bet. I say, <laughs> I bet you Jay Cutler throw B. Marshall the ball. If he throwing the ball, you give me $50. If he don't throw the B. Marshall, I'm going to give you $100. That's how right. confident you were? That's how confident I was. I said, I know how to practice finna go. If he mad at Jay, not Jay Cutler finna give him the ball the whole practice. What you walk away from? We stopped betting. The bet stopped. <laughs> he, we stopped the bet at 21 passes. He threw it. 21 to Marshall? He threw it. 21 passes to B. Marshall. 21 straight. I looked at the coach like, are you really fucking kidding me? And I wonder why to say nothing. That would really piss me off. 21 times straight, bro. That's like a rack you got from that. We stopped bet. He said, bro, I don't even bet no more, bro. <laughs> he going to have to give you your game it check at like some 21 point. 21 times straight, bro. What was Julius Pepper saying? After 21 times, you looking straight laughing. at Julius. He was just laughing. He was like, I can't believe this, bro. <laughs> I, got, I can't believe this, bro. Like, 21 straight passes to Brandon Marshall. We know that was Jay Cutler's go-to guy here in Chicago, even dating back to their days in Denver. And, and Jay would have – he had this thing about where he – and most quarterbacks do. He, he, you find a rhythm with a guy, and you go after him uh, quite a bit. Uh, our guest earlier in the week, Earl Bennett, he was known as one of those go-to guys for Jay Cutler. But, I mean, with Brandon Marshall, it was to another level. And there you heard it from Devin Hester. I mean, he was confident that, uh, you know, after their little – uh, their, their little spat that Cutler and Brandon Marshall had that Cutler was going to be giving Marshall the ball. He was going to make Marshall happy after that little argument that they had. And uh, there you had it. I mean, uh, 21 straight well, passes he, to Brandon Marshall. He was a different dude, man. Um, Marshall was. He was he a freak. Was, no, 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 no. He was like nuts at times. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he could play. His football, he could play. And, yeah, he was big and he could run and stuff. But he just – he was just different, man. And I, I mean, I love him to death. He was a cool cat, man. But he was different because it would be you would be at practice, and like if he would get the first pass every day at practice. If he didn't, he was upset. I mean, you you knew it was coming. You know what I mean? So again, when you see something like that, twenty one pass, he would get the ball out because if if he didn't get it at practice, he was like upset, like visibly, like in the tizzy. Um, and even if he caught the ball after, say, if he he threw it to like three other people in a row, he thought to him he might get it and like kick it. Like, man, why was you throwing me to these first other passes or whatever? So it was just like he was just different, man. I I've never seen it like that. Like at practice too. 
Um, now he worked really hard and stuff like that, but it was just like when you threw him a bad ball, like it was, it was like you knew it. When he wasn't getting the ball, he knew it. So every day, like it wasn't a handoff to Forte, it was a pass to, to Marsh. Like, huh, here you go. Like, shut up, here you go. So again, it's, it's probably one of them things where he's just going to keep throwing it to him, trying to shut him up, and they just trying to show, hey, I'm going to keep throwing it to you. The coach ain't going to say nothing to him. They ain't going to say nothing to color. They ain't going to say nothing to Marsh because you're going to get you're gonna get something back. So when he says, oh, I'm just saying, looking at me, why the coach ain't saying nothing? Mm-mm. There's certain people you don't say nothing to. I remember when I came to Chicago, I was like, hey, um, Olin Cruz, don't say nothing. Don't do it. If you do it, you run the risk. It's <laughs> don't do it. And they were those type of cats. So when they started going and throwing it to each other, guess what? Nobody said no. So I, I and I want to clarify. I mean, 21 straight passes were thrown his direction, Brandon Marshall, that day in practice. It wasn't, you know, you know, he, he didn't just catch 21 pa- uh, passes that day in practice. It was 21 straight. It wasn't, you know, five, you know, three or four straight to Brandon Marshall. Here's one to Hester. Here's one to Earl. It was Marshall, 21 in a row. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it is fascinating because I got to get Earl to talk about it. I think he, I think I was going, but I talked to him about it before. Um, so cause I think it was a year that I left, but yeah, man. Like even if, because even if it won 21 straight, you were, you, you was going to get, if you if you throw 90 passes a practice, he's gonna get 80, 85 percent of them anyway. So even if it ain't 21 straight, and you could imagine why Hess would be upset where it's like, I'm 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 really like your counterpart. I'm like the deep guy, you got knocks and other people to play, but it's like I'm over here, I can run, I can catch. You know what I mean? You could imagine how that'll make other receivers feel. Even I mean, I gotta run my route. You might well just let y'all two go off in the corner, man, and just throw speed balls at each other or something. Yeah, and again, I mean, it goes back to that relationship that they had. I mean, at times it seemed like it was a love-hate relationship with Cutler and Marshall, um, you know, and, and I do always wonder what if with with, with Hester. Uh, you know, I always thought that he could have been a better wide receiver if better utilized or, or given more of an opportunity. And, and obviously he had some other stops in his career after Chicago. He went to Atlanta. Um, he went to Seattle. I think he had a quick stop in Baltimore as well, but uh, no doubt. I mean, the, 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 the goat, the greatest of all, all time in, in terms of uh return man. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, you know, you always wonder what if when it comes to Hester and, and being a wide receiver, but that was the comments that he had there. Uh, about uh, 21 straight passes to Brandon Marshall from Jay Cutler in practice and uh, a wager that he had with Julius Peppers that uh, resulted in $50 per catch, uh, per pass, to uh, Brandon Marshall's direction, DJ. So uh, with that said, again, appreciate everybody tuning in. I'm Chris Shanfeld. He's former Bear himself, uh, DJ Moore. And, uh, DJ, we're going to go ahead and uh, get to our guest right now. He's Chris right. Emma. He uh, covers the Chicago Bears. He's on the Bears beat uh, for uh, 670 The Score, CBS radio affiliate here in Chicago. And uh, Chris joins the show now. Chris, really appreciate you taking the time this evening. How's everything going? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, they can follow you on Twitter, Chris, at CMA670. Again, you do a fantastic job for 670 The Score radio here in Chicago. 
And uh, it's been a real. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I got to give you props for the fire in the back. You, <laughs> you, threw, you threw the wildfire in there. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, DJ, it's December. It's the holiday season. Hey, you got to get a, that warm, nestled vibe. So. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, it's good. I, I'm going to tell you, I was in class today and this, we had testing or whatever, testing the kids or whatever. And all the teachers had the little fireplace YouTube thing going. That's, that's all. When I seen it, that's the first thing I thought of. I said, look at look it. <laughs> well, Chris, again, you could uh, follow Chris on Twitter at CMA670. Uh, you do a great job for 670 The Score uh, Radio here in Chicago, Chris, uh, whether it's writing articles, whether it's uh, calling in. And I know you did some hosting uh, over Thanksgiving weekend as well. You did a great job doing that as well. Um, to say that it's been a roller coaster of a season uh, for the Bears would be an understatement, Chris. Uh, where does this rank in terms of unique seasons that you've covered uh, for this team? Uh, really, in any sport, I guess you could go because uh, not only uh, has this team been up and down, but uh, of course, due to COVID 19, media is not allowed uh, at Hallis Hall for practice, for the locker room scrums, for interviews, or anything like that. How unique of a season has it been uh, covering this uh, Chicago Bears team this year in 2020? Yeah, it, it's been a season unlike any other, and hopefully, frankly, a season like I'll never have to cover again in terms of the season. Uh, working every day from home, it, it sucks, to be honest. I, I miss being on Hallis Hall every day. I miss the commute up. I miss, you know, traffic on the Edens. I mean, all the little normal things you take for granted, I, I miss it all. I mean, I, I miss being at the building and having, you know, the regular uh, – the regular routine because it represents normalcy and, and anybody in any profession, we don't have normalcy this year. So uh, I miss it. And, and yeah, you said it, it's just been a different year. It's obviously been a unique year for the bears, of course, but um, it, it's been just from a cover standpoint, not the same at all. Um, and, and like you said, you know, me, you're in the locker room. I think it's normally around about one or one or two o'clock or so where you get to talk to the players and kind of get a feel for, you know, how they feeling about the season. Um, just from the interviews that you've had and we've been talking about, you know, has Nagy lost the, the locker room? Have you got a sense of that in some of the interviews you talked to some of the players? You know, DJ, and you can attest to this. I mean, what, what players say to us is different from what they might be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I'm curious. I'm really curious about where this team goes from here because I thought – Matt Nagy's comments Monday after that tough loss were revealing. The comments to us, he said straight up to the media, he called out his team's personal pride and how they really feel about uh, performing right now. He, he said he wants to see a better level of pride. I thought he said that to them as well within the locker room and within that team meeting room. However, I think it was virtually on Monday that, over Zoom. And apparently that's not what he said to his team. Apparently the message was something about we can be better, et cetera, et cetera. He didn't address the personal pride with them. And he went to, straight to the defense uh, a couple days later after that and into their team meeting room and tried to clarify his comments and explain what he really meant when he said it to reporters. And, you know, that's when you start getting a little bit of that divide is when uh, players see on Twitter that their head coach is calling out their pride. And that kind of thing is what really gets you guys. Uh, they, all the players have said the right thing, that they're going to stay united, that they believe in, the, this, in each other and what they can do this season. But – the reality is they lost five straight games and they're playing worse and worse each game out. So you wonder where that belief is, whether they still have that confidence in the head coach and their coaches. And you wonder if they can keep it together for these final five games. Well, their next task will come this Sunday at Soldier Field against the Detroit Lions. 
Um, this will be Detroit's first game since cleaning house, firing head coach Matt Patricia and general manager Bob Quinn. Daryl Bevel takes over as interim head coach. You look at the other two teams that have fired their head coaches this season, the Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans. They both seem to have improved in, in a sense uh, 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 since those changes were made. Chris, do you think we might see similar results with the Lions? I mean, this this seems to be a pretty difficult game to gauge at this point. Just how much of a chance are, are you giving them to uh, you know the, the the Lions? That is, I mean, how much of a chance? I mean, we we seen they're right there week one. They they probably should have won that game. How much of a chance are you giving them this weekend? You know, Chris, it's one of those things where the Lions aren't a bad football team. They're not one of those, you know, they're not like the Jets where you just expect them to go out and lose every game. I mean, this is a team with, you know, for started at the quarterback position with Matt Stanford, a veteran quarterback guy has been there before. I think they have a lot of talented pieces. They're, they're not world beaters by any means. They're not a team that's going to be a playoff team or deserve to be a playoff team. But their issues were with culture. And they fired Matt Patricia because the culture was lacking and it had gotten rotten. Players checked on Matt Patricia really even last year. Um, guys did not like playing for him. Matt Patricia tried to bring the Belichick way to Detroit, and he brought everything except for the winning. And players don't buy that. They're not going to play for a coach like that. I expect them to be a little bit more free and a little bit more comfortable when they come to Soldier Field this weekend. And I imagine they're having one of the best weeks of practices they've had in a while in Detroit because they're free of the guy that they didn't play for. The, the, the players could not stand being around, really. I mean, yeah, my friend, uh, Kaylee Collard, now with uh, Bleaker Report, wrote a terrific article about the culture that really got run in with Detroit. I think you're going to see a much improved Lions team. And from a Bears perspective now, it's coincidental that Detroit fired its head coach and general manager coming off a national broadcast of a 41-25 loss. And the Bears, uh, they didn't do that. They're coming off those same circumstances, except for the idea of firing a head coach and GM. But you wonder on that drive home last weekend from Lambeau Field if George McCaskey was thinking, hmm, I mean, the Fords did it, but why aren't we doing it? That kind of thing. It's You just wonder where this team is at right now. Yeah, uh, you, we led with, you know, talking about Matthew Stafford, and I think the big thing here in Chicago is just the quarterback. Um, Mr. Spisky gets the start. Um, what are you hearing in terms of how long of a leash does he have with Nick Foles also, you know, probably being healthy enough to to back him up this week. You know, uh, DJ, Matt, Matt Nagy's been really uh, hesitant to declare Mitchell Trubisky the starter. He's been, you know, he said Mitchell's going to start on Sunday, but he hasn't proclaimed him as the starter moving forward or hasn't made any grand proclamations beyond each game because Nagy doesn't want to go back to Foles. He doesn't want to, head, to declare Trubisky's the guy, and then you go back to Foles and make another move. I mean, as of right now, Trubisky is going to be the starter moving forward, but I think it's truly a game-by-game thing. And uh, look, I mean, if they go back to Foles, and that, that's really an embarrassing mark for Matt Nagy and the Bears. I mean, they, they went back to Trubisky. There. I think they're, they're intent on letting him finish out the season because they want to see what he still has. It's one last audition for him. And if you're Mitch, you got to be thinking, I'm playing for that next contract, whether that's Chicago or somewhere else. But – um, I, I'm curious to see how he responds. The offense was definitely better with Trubisky last week. It, it was still a mess. It was still, uh, you know, sloppy in a lot of regards. But it took a step forward from that game against the Vikings where Foles and the offense can do anything. Yeah. Um, my thing is, like, so if if neither one of these quarterbacks are the guy, like, what are you hearing going for? Like, is there somebody that they're they're looking at? Uh, is there, or are we going draft? Or, or what does that look like? 
Well, I, I guess you start with the fact Nick Foles will be back next season. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, if there's any chance that he's going to be gone. I think Mitch Trubisky's going to be gone. It's from there a question of who's in charge of the football operations. Is it still Ryan Pace? Is he still the general manager? Do they get rid of Ryan Pace, bring in a new GM, or do they keep him in charge and bring somebody else to that kind of head of football operations? It it, it really is a matter of where the goes the Bears go in their front office before you make those decisions at the quarterback position. Uh, I, I think regardless, in, in some form or fashion, they're going to be drafting a quarterback next year, whether that's you know, first round was one of those middle round, uh, middle of the round picks, which is where they'll be looking, or maybe it's second round. You wait to see kind of that next tier of guys who falls to you at that point. But um, I think next season the quarterback position is going to be Nick Foles and a rookie who's fighting for that spot, and you're going to have another quarterback battle. So Nick Foles, he, he did uh, come back to practice uh, today, uh, he, and I think Nagy did say today in his press conference that he, he does expect them to suit up and back up Trubisky uh, this weekend against Detroit. I mean, it, it feels like the past three games, Chris, has been you know, labeled as must-win football games for this team. <laughs> They've now dropped five in a row. I know you said it, it seems like Nagy doesn't really want to go back to Foles, especially seeing as what we did see from Trubisky last week, specifically probably the second half or later in the, that football game against Green Bay. But if Trubisky and this offense struggles similarly to how they did in Green Bay in the first half, I, I know that wasn't all on Trubisky. Some receivers were dropping some passes, specifically um, th- those plays uh, in the end zone, Cole Komet and Allen Robinson on that first drive. But uh, if the offense does struggle and they get behind in this game against Detroit come halftime, uh, Chris, I mean, does Nagy get desperate and throw Foles back into the mix in in hopes that he could lead them back to this, uh, you know, the second half comeback like he did week three against Atlanta? I mean, like you said, this is a team that just cleaned house. And, and, you know, if if they get into a groove this week and beat the Bears, you know, that seat only gets hotter for Matt Nagy and company in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, let's start with that. Mendegi needs to win this game. I mean, plain and simply, you can't make it six straight with a loss at home to the Lions. The only team that Matt Nagy's had that, well, I mean, he's done it with the Vikings too, but, I mean, consistently impressive over the Bears, over the Lions. And, I mean, look, it, it would be a really embarrassing loss for the Bears. I think that's the best way to put it. And from the quarterback perspective, yeah, I mean, you have to win this game. You have to do everything you can to win this game. And I think right now I think their hope is they're better with another week of building and kind of rebuilding this offense around Trubisky. I think you're going to see more of the run game involved. So I think they feel really confident with this offensive line. But if the offense is a complete mess again, you know, the same way it was more so with Foles than it was, I, I thought the offense took a step forward against the Packers. And, and they want to see whether it's another step forward, just kind of some sustained production from that group against a defense that Trubisky's really had success with. If Trubisky goes out there and completely struggles – then, yeah, you're probably better off going to Foles mid-game. Yeah. And I think really uh, the, the, the tell of the tape this week is going to be the defense. I think everybody's seen last week them struggling with the run, and if Detroit is like any other NFL team, they're going to run the same running scheme, and they got the running backs that they can do it. And if you, you give Matthew Stafford a running game, the games that they've won have been because they've had, you know, a running game and a balanced attack. So I think – the interior defense alignment are going to have to have to step it up. But the one question that I have for you is: You got this fighting Irish shirt on? Are they are they are they going to pull it through this year? Are they going are they going to make big time? I'm sorry, with the defense? No, Notre Dame. I see you, Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. Are they going to step up to the plate? 
I mean, look, they got the quarterback. I think Ian Book deserves to be a Heisman Canada, a Heisman finalist. They got a terrific coaching staff. I think Tommy Reese is doing a great job as the OC. And Clark Lee, man, he's been the best-kept secret in college football, their defensive coordinator. He's going to get hired this offseason. I hope he doesn't leave midseason. You know, DJ, I, I grew up in a Notre Dame family. I went to the University of Nebraska, but I grew up as a Notre Dame fan. And Notre Dame's a team I've just – I lose sleep over if they lose. I go nuts if they win. So, uh, spirits have been high recently. Making it happen. I'm excited for you, man. <laughs> they certainly had their big moment earlier in the year defeating Clemson, and that was a statement when, you know, like you said, if Ian Book does find himself in that Heisman uh, conversation, a lot will be paid attention to that performance that he had against Clemson a few weeks ago. Um, one last thing for me on this Bears-Lions matchup. Chris, uh, you know, the Bears might get lucky and dodge Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay for a second time this season. He's dealt with injuries all season long, but he's one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. But it's not so much the pass defense that concerns me. DJ brought up the run defense, um, especially with the absence of Akeem Hicks, who went down against Minnesota before the bye week. Let's not forget about Eddie Goldman, one of the more underrated players in the league as well. Um, he's been out uh, all season long. He opted out due to covid um, Adrian Peterson had himself a nice day on Thanksgiving against uh, the, the Houston defense um, on Thursday last week, and he's expected uh, – and DeAndre Swift, excuse me, DeAndre Swift missed last week with a concussion. He's expected to give it a go this week, and you got to think he's thinking about that drop pass uh, to, to win the game week one <laughs> in his very first NFL game against the Chicago Bears. I'm sure he's looking forward to make up for that. Um, we, we've seen going back to last season how important Akeem Hicks is to this defense. Uh, do you have a, a feel one way or another if big old number 96 will be back this week? It sounded like things are moving in the right direction based off what Nagy said uh, this afternoon. But do you have any feel one way or the other? You know, I, I think Akeem Hicks plays on Sunday. And what a big boost that would be for the defense. I, you know, I think for the last several years, people really kind of uh, underappreciated what Eddie Goldman had for this defensive line and Akeem Hicks, of course. And, you know, without Eddie, you sure miss that nose tackle and you realize how important that is. But uh, Akeem as well, in the same right, I mean, that's a guy when he's not a part of this defense, it's totally different. And you just noticed that void from the very first plays of that game last Sunday night in Lambeau Field. I mean, they were running right up the middle. They were attacking where Akeem Hicks is usually supposed to be. And, you know, it, you just you felt that absence. This guy is one of the best defensive linemen in all of football. Uh, he's a space eater. He's a pass rusher. He's just a force up front. And you can't replace him. You can't replace Eddie Goldman. And the defensive line suffered without both of those two. That's the first game without Hicks and Goldman, to both of them missing up front. And, you know, Jay Rogers has done a terrific job, uh, you know, coaching those guys up, playing next man up football. And you've seen, you know, the next man up has really proven true with that group. But, you can't replace Akeem Hicks, and you can't replace Eddie Goldman. And the Bears missed those guys. Uh, Swift looks like he will be able to play on Sunday. I, you know, you mentioned that drop pass in week one. Imagine what that would mean for this Bears team if they were four and seven. I mean, it's it, it seems like such a long time ago, but they were so fortunate that pass went right through his hands. Yeah, they absolutely were. And staying with the defensive line, uh, Chris, I, I think uh, everybody is wondering where the hell Robert Quinn has been at this season. Um, you know, I think it was his very first play as a Chicago Bear week two against the New York Giants. He, he recorded that sack. He's kind of uh, been missing ever since. I mean, here and there he'll um, get in the backfield, but, but he, you know, he, he won't, you know, the quarterback or, or the uh, running back will 
uh, get out of the way uh, last second. But uh, Robert Quinn, I mean, um, has you know he, he's obviously been the big free agent acquisition. You know, you, you get an upgrade or so we thought opposite side of Khalil Mack. I, I mean, has this um, lack of performance out of Robert Quinn taken you by surprise at all? I mean, I think you expected certainly a lot more for starters, but I mean, like you expected him to be at that same level last year. Robert Quinn, 11 and, a, 11 and a half sacks last season, terrific campaign. You felt really good about that addition. And I mean, I'd be hypocritical if I was totally criticizing the Bears right now because I love that addition. I, I thought having that kind of presence opposite Khalil Mack would be a major boost for this defense and a major boost for that, that pass rush in particular. And, you know, Mack has six and a half sacks right now. He's stuck at that for the last three games. And, Quinn, you mentioned it. First sack, uh, first snap in a Bears uniform, he got a sack. And he hasn't done anything since. Stuck on one sack. Um, he's frustrated. And everybody's frustrated with him. I mean, you think about, you know, $70 million, uh, uh, put to his name, uh, $30 million guaranteed. I mean, that's something that could have been spent on a tackle to really bolster this offensive line or a guard. Uh, could have been used at the quarterback position. You know, it's – there's a lot of different ways the Bears could have allocated those funds. And, you know, they're on the first of a five-year deal with a guy who's got one sack right now. And not only that, but he's playing under 50% of their defensive snaps this season. Uh, he played 66% uh, this past Sunday, and that's kind of the cap right now. I mean, frankly, Robert Quinn's just been a rotational pass rusher for this defense. And, you know, for $70 million, that's unacceptable. So uh, they've not got what they wanted out of him. And maybe there's something more coming, maybe – you know, the, the Bears and he as well denied that there's an injury in place. Maybe there's something that's affecting him. I, I mean, I, we need to hear that I, to really know if to be true. But also, they've not gotten anything of what they wanted with Robert Quinn. Yeah, he's been sharing snaps with Barkevius Mingo. And, hey, you know what? I don't see Robert Quinn uh, making 11-yard runs either. So, uh, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> one last thing, Chris, uh, at least for me, uh, any prediction for this game Sunday, or do you have any obligations that you can't really share that information just yet? But uh, what, what's your feel for this game, Bears-Lions, uh, Sunday at the lakefront? I'm on record with a win. I think the Bears bounce back. I'm at 24-13. I think this defense really responds well. And Count me in for a defensive touchdown. Maybe it's a, I, I will go with an Eddie Jackson pick six because I, I think Eddie Jackson's going to be fired up. He's one of those leaders on the defense, and I think, frankly, a guy who took exception to his head coach questioning the pride of that group. And Tony Dungy as well, saying that they gave up last week. I, look, I, I think it was looked like it was pretty clear that this defense was, you know, not quite uh, pursuing tackles as aggressively, not quite going at uh, Aaron Jones or even Jamal Williams the way that they should. I think they respond back with some uh, ferocity, and I think you see a much better defensive game from the Bears. So I'll go with a win and a defensive touchdown. All right, I like oh, it. Trent Jackson will certainly uh... – take that as he's kind of gotten off to a slow start this season and uh, a lot of people obviously questioning his tackling ability but if he can uh, shut that up with a pick six obviously everybody will take that Chris you do a great job at 670 the score really appreciate you taking the time to chat tonight uh, and again keep up the great work man any final words before we let you go no I appreciate you guys having me on take care guys uh, thank you man thank you there he goes Chris Emma you can follow him on Twitter at cmma 670 and again, he's on the Bears beat for 670, the score here in Chicago. And um, he's got the Bears winning this weekend, DJ. So uh, that, that means they'll be snapping a five-game uh, losing streak. And, and they'll do it here at home at Soldier Field. Um, 
I, I got to admit, DJ, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this game with the Bears. It's, it's going to be a statement one way or the other. They get mm-hmm. the win. They get the loss. It's going to be a statement either way. Well, yeah, and, and you really – you put it in the words. Like, it's just – you just don't know. Like, I want to have confidence and say that, you know what, we'll go out there, the defense will step up. Um, if Akeem Hicks is back, then it's like, you know what, I'll probably have a little more confidence. But, again, I mean, Stafford didn't have a bad game the last time out. Um and if they're like, like, what are they going to do? Like, they have, in a sense, a new head coach, or they approaching the game a different way, or like, you just don't know. Um, and to be honest, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Detroit. I just don't. It's just, and it's not that they're a better team. It's just that the momentum of it, the feel of it, seems that we're, we're going here. When you have to. Say something to your team, come to the media, say something, and then you have to walk into the defensive meeting room and apologize. Like, you the head coach. Like, hey, man, like, yeah, like, we watched that. Like, yeah, you need to have a little more pride in it. Like, I don't need to have to apologize to you. Like, it is what it is at this point. Um, But when you feel you have to do that, I think uh, Chris said it's like it's a little bit. And when you get into that situation, it's, it's a little resentment, I think. Um, especially when I when I feel I have to go and apologize. When I have the locker room, I don't have to apologize for that. Like they should understand, hey man, like, like, did you just see that? Anything that I say about that piece of whatever that was should be fine. I shouldn't have to walk in there because like you should also expect better than that. No one in the world expected. For Green Bay to come out there and make you look like you was the thirty-second team in the league on defense, they had they had to. I mean, the car was in full throttle. I mean, they had to like tell, "Hey, slow down." You know, what I mean, they had to put the emergency brakes on just to slow this game because they. I mean, they seemed like they could have scored at will. First down, second down, third down, first down, second down, third down. We good in the red zone, and not today. Touchdown. So everything was going good, but again. I'm a coach. I got to go into your meeting room. Now, for him, that takes a lot. You got to go. I got to go in there and explain that to you. Man, nah, man. I don't know. I'm the, I'm the head ball coach. You seen that. I see you in the end zone, Eddie Jack, not want to hit him. I see you want to play real hard at the knee at the end of the game. I see you making faces while the quarterback trying to hype us up. Who you making faces to? If I'm making faces, I'm making. I'm not looking at him. I'm making faces somebody else. We already was like this divided. How are we gonna bring them together? Coach coming out there doing what? What the coach doing? Tell you something in the locker room and blast you in the media. Man, that's a problem. Man. <laughs> that's a that's that's a lot. And that's why I'm just thinking. To me, I'm leaning more Detroit because it just seems like they're they're doing this and we're doing this. Are we talented enough to win? Yeah. But again, are they talented enough to win? Yeah. They, like you said, probably should have won the first game. But again, drop passes. I was the benefit of uh, Calvin Johnson. Oh yeah, fake miss pass rule. So you know what? You know you got to take wins when you get them. But this game is, even though I think they have Detroit's number, but it's always, it's always close. And when teams know each other, this this can get very interesting.
Yeah, so got it right there. The Bears have won five straight against the Detroit Lions. Nagy has never been on the losing end against Detroit since taking over as the Bears head coach. Um, so you got that in your favor, but Nagy's never been a part of a, a, a team in turmoil like they are so far this year, specifically the last five teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so there, there were some players that met with the media today. Eddie Jackson was one of them. Sean Gibson, the other safety, was the other one. And, uh, you know, they obviously asked both of those guys what they felt about um, Matt Nagy going after the defense in his press conference. And uh, Sean Gibson actually said they needed to hear that. Um, that kind of surprised me. I, I mean, I don't think this Bears defense needed what to hear gonna say? Uh, I didn't I didn't think he was going to say that. They well, needed well, to hear I mean, that. You, I, mean, I mean, so you telling me that you didn't think he was going to say, like, what exactly did you think he was going to say? I want to hear this. So obviously, obviously they had a terrible performance. Okay. You yeah. had a terrible performance, but um, – I just don't see how. He, I mean, again, he's the player. He's he's out. You know, I. I no, no, it, no. I'm asking. What did you think he was going to say, though? I understand right. you trying to you trying to beat around the bush. What did you think he was going to say? I'm excited now. Please, yeah, Cody. What what he needed to say was, hey, yeah, we need to step the fuck up. In in the words of Matt Nagy, but um, you know, may, maybe before you start coming at the defense, maybe you got to start. Uh, putting more focus on that offense of yours, Mr. Offensive Guru Matt Nagy. Now again, I, I know if I know if the media met with DJ Moore and he's been on this team with a struggling offense. I mean, the Bears the Bears have never had an above average offense uh, except for the year that uh, Mark Tressman was here, but they had like the thirty first ranked defense. It, it was complete opposite of what you're seeing right now. Um, but I know DJ, if somebody were to ask you about that, about Matt Nagy calling out the defense. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. He straight up called out the defense from their performance Sunday night football. And it was an ugly performance. But for the way that this offense has been performing now going on three seasons and for the defense to drop the ball and, and to have that type of performance, I mean, I don't think we've seen that type of performance out of a Bears defense in the past three years. For, for him to go after the defense the way he did, uh, I think, and you, you've, you've mentioned it, DJ, you've said it before. That's what, that was always one of your weaknesses, I guess, was that you're always too honest. And uh, unfortunately that, that may have bit you in the ass at the end of the day, but I think you would have, you, you, you wouldn't have agreed. Well, no, nah, I would. Um, the one thing now, cause I never would talk about like, you know, offensive performance cause I don't play offense. So when a coach calls you out, he's like, Hey, you're right, man. Like, but again, in the defensive, now I had a defensive coach, and we normally play really well. But again, whenever there's a big game, I mean, we played against Minnesota, not Minnesota, but New England in the snow and got dogged out prime time when people had to cut the TV off. I mean, you got to own up to it and you got to go forward from there. Like, because to much is given, much is required. A lot has been given to the defense, like you said. You got two defensive ends that make a lot of money. You got defensive linemen that make money, and cornerbacks are going to get paid. A young cornerback that got drafted high, a safety that is paid. Uh, Gibson been in the league, been playing for a good while. So there's a lot of star power over there, and I need you to perform because my offense has been struggling. I get that. But we lean on y'all because y'all are the leaders of the team. 
and he has to understand it. Like, and I think when he says somebody needs to be called out because, but the players themselves have been calling each other out. You got to be accountable because if I, if again, if you don't score, you don't win. And my job is to keep you from score. Now, again, if that defense scores, then my defense got to do something. But I'm trying to score. They're trying to score. And if I can score seven points and not give you points, you win the game. But when you have this type of defense, when you're ranked this high in the league and on prime time, I want you to show up because you normally do that. So I'm, sh- I'm, I'm shocked that you didn't show up. Now, the, the, were you shocked that the offense didn't play well? And they played – Okay, and I think if he would have got more chances, honestly, probably would have put up more points. But, again, it was just long drive after long drive, in and then touchdown. In the first half, I mean, you get the field goal, it's like you down 14 nothing. It's almost halftime because it's just like, wow, like we ain't had no time to even get back on the field. So, I mean, honestly, defense does have a step up. Now, offense, yeah, could you do better? No, you can't, so we know that. But defense, can you do better? A lot better than that. A lot. Yeah, and, you know, I wouldn't even say that they played or or they looked okay even Sunday night on offense. They looked better with Mitch Trubisky out there. But that's just, uh, you know, that that just goes to show how bad they looked with Nick Foles Uh, out there. Yeah, well, yeah, but I think the fumble was unfortunate. Probably should have been. Should have been ruled. Should have came back. Yeah, came back because if you're telling me on one play I push Aaron Rodgers' shoulder, he gets 15, and then you grab my neck and twist it, and I don't get any. Because even they was looking like, is this real? They're not going to call that? Nah, we good. The luxury, man. The luxury of having an elite quarterback. Yeah, so again, you have that play, okay? If you bring that back, that takes away a touchdown. And then if he doesn't get greedy on the the deep ball, other really other than them two, I mean, he was doing fine. He's reading the defense. He's throwing slants. You know, the plays are working out. But, again, you have a turnover for a touchdown and a turnover going in for a score. So instead of having 25 points, you could have about, what, 30-some points, and then you can take a touchdown away from there, and the game looks the game looks much different. But, I mean, the defense, normally if we turn the ball up, we can depend on the defense to not give up anything. Because normally if you score 25 points with a defense like this, you probably got a good chance of winning the game. And those are the games that we've been winning. Like, oh, we're keeping you at the minimum, and then, you know, we kind of take over at the end of the game. But, yeah, defense got to step up. And we'll see if they do that this Sunday against the Detroit Lions. You go back to the uh, week one matchup between these two teams, and, and the Lions got off to a 20-6 to lead heading into the fourth quarter, and that's when the Bears played catch-up, and uh, Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, turned things on uh, in, in that fourth quarter. He actually threw all three of his touchdowns in that fourth quarter against the Detroit Lions to help lead the team to victory. Uh, you look at the receivers or, or the, the, the players that were on the receiving ends of those touchdowns. You had Jimmy Graham with a touchdown. You had Anthony Miller with a touchdown. And you had Javon Wims with a touchdown. I, I think it's safe to say we probably won't be seeing Wims may. Uh, get in the yeah. end. They will be lucky enough to see uh, if he suits up or, or not against uh, Detroit. But, uh, you know, that, that was an incredible comeback. They pulled the same shit uh, week three against the Atlanta Falcons as well. Um, and, and now they, they host them at Soldier Field. And 
again, th this is one of those games that is hard to gauge. I mean, uh, the, the Detroit Lions, they, they very well should have won that first game with that um, rookie running back, DeAndre Swift, catching the game-winning touchdown. But he it went right through his hands. He dropped the ball. you got to think he's licking his chops at, at getting another opportunity. But you look at kind of the history. Like I said, uh, Detroit, um, since Matt Nagy has been the head coach of the Bears, he's 5-0. and against them uh, they get a win this sunday that'll be three straight years with uh victories against the detroit lions trubisky in his career has thrown for 1600 yards 14 touchdowns and only four interceptions against the uh the detroit lions and, and you know he has a quarterback rating average of 104 that's according to espn's jeff dickerson so i mean this is a team that trubisky you know you gotta think he's feeling confident despite how he looked uh, against Green Bay, despite how the offense in general, despite how the team in general looked against Green Bay, we know Green Bay has the Bears number. We we know that. We know that. You got to think there's some type of confidence in, in Trubisky, maybe not the offense in general, but in Trubisky, knowing what he's been able to do in the past against this Detroit Lions football team. Well, you would think so, um, but no, man, it's it's so much pressure because. Every pass is just analyzed and saying, like, I'm not good enough. If I don't get a third down, he just kind of like, oh, I needed that. You know what I mean? And all the energy that he had before the game, given the speed, you can tell, man, like, he felt it. Like, he wanted it bad, man. And when you want it so bad, you start to, instead of, like, throwing, you start to, like, target everything. Like, let me try to make it perfect. Let me do this. And he, and he starts not, you know, not to play and just be loose. Um, kind of in an example, it's kind of like the commit, um, the commit pass, the one in the goal line. He should have been throwing it to his outside shoulder. And because he led it to the backside shoulder, I think it'll, it wouldn't allow him to catch and turn around for a touchdown. But again, you're just trying to. You just want to be so per. It just you just gotta play, but I think it's so hard to play when you have that much pressure, man. It's just like every single time, like how can I be perfect? And then one thing goes wrong, or there's a hold, and I got a first down, and now I got third and long. You knew how that went, all right? Went from third and long to fumbling in the end zone. It just to me, it's so much pressure right now that. It just to me, this it's just too much for him right now. It it really is, and a change of scenery is just gonna be good. Now he could surprise you and go out there and just start chunking and chunking and chunking it, but you you can just tell, man. It's just it's just heavy. Every time he throws an incomplete pass, it's just heavy, and it gets heavier and heavier. And the good thing for him is, ain't no fans out there to boo him because <laughs> ooh we. That's one of them things that always got me. Like, I was excited. Like, man, once they boo, you got to play harder. You got to do something. Like, you came, you paid for this product, and you don't get that. You just get to look up. Ain't nothing out there. Ain't nobody cheering for you. Everybody got their head down on the sideline. Don't want to talk to you. Oh, man. So, hopefully he, he does something, but I think it's just too much pressure for him. It's just too much. Yeah, and I mean it's always, it's been too much ever since they drafted them, you know, and, and you're able to see it. And, and you know, I, I have a feeling uh, the the no fans in the stands, it, it probably at this point is a benefit for Mitch Trubisky uh, right now. I mean, and that's both home and away. Uh, but uh, we'll see. I mean, so before we end the show, DJ, let's get our final predictions. Um, again, we'll actually be on. Um, at some point, we'll hammer out the details. We'll be on at some point Sunday following the game. 
Uh, DJ's a, a busy family man, so I, so we got to work with his schedule. So sometime after the game Sunday, we'll be on. But um, the Bears last time, they, they snuck away with the victory last minute. Uh, now they got to – now they're hosting the Lions at home. I'll go first. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think the, the biggest factor here – um, is going to be Akeem Hicks. Will he be able to give it a go or not? Because if he's not going to be able to, they got a young rookie running back who has shown some flashes this season, DeAndre Swift. And now you got Adrian Peterson as well. I mean, carry on Johnson and their other uh, running back that they had. They both fumbled on back-to-back um, uh, series last week uh, on Thanksgiving against Houston. Now you got uh, Adrian Peterson coming off the best game that he had of the season. He had a couple touchdowns against Houston. They did end up losing the football game, but they kept it competitive there in the first half, and Houston's offense could be something very special when they're hitting on all cylinders like they were uh, uh, against uh, the Lions on uh, Thanksgiving. And obviously the Bears, they're not capable of of being anything close to that uh, productive on the offensive side of the football but if Akeem Hicks is suited up for this game, Bears win, I'll say 19 to 17. But if he's not suiting up, uh, and I'm gonna lean with I'm gonna lean that way. Chris says that he thinks Akeem Hicks will give it a go. We'll see if he's uh got any uh we'll see if they limit him at all in this game Sunday. But uh so so I'll I'll just stick with that. I won't even give my uh, other thought on if Akeem Hicks doesn't play, because uh, I'll trust Chris and, and I'll go with his inkling and thinking that Akeem Hicks does give it a go. I'll go. Bears nineteen to seventeen. Yeah, I, and and I was leaning toward Detroit, but it's just there's no way that we're not good enough. To be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just no way. There just can't be a way that we're not good enough to beat Detroit. Now, if we lose to Detroit, I I think that could be it for us. To be honest with you, um, they have they fired the head coach, the general manager. Um, you playing against a headless horseman that needs to be able to see where the end zone is. Come on, man. Come on. We have to, and I'm going to say, I think we may score a little bit. I'm going to go, um, it'll, and it's always close. I'm going to go like 30, like 23, I think. Okay, touchdown win. I'll take uh, it. I'll definitely. Yeah, because even if Hicks, and I, if Hicks doesn't play, I think we're smart enough to understand that they're going to run away from Mac. So you can move him down and have him stand it up. And just you just need somebody to penetrate the gap to cause some confusion. Last week it was no confusion, and we probably should have had him moving down or shuffling around anyway, to where it's just like you just need like a Keem Hicks is a disruptor, and Mac can be somebody who can move around and do that. Oh, if you want to put Quinn or something, you got to do something. You can't not just leave high-paid people on the outside and just leave them young cats in there to struggle like that. Like, that doesn't make sense. So I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go 30-23 because Khalil Mack will move around a little bit. I'm thinking they'll make if, – if kick doesn't go, you have – you would have to. I would I would assume you would have to make something happen. I, uh, hopefully that's the outcome. And I'll say this. If the Bears do find a way to lose this game, um, they've never fired a head coach or, or a GM for that matter, mid-season, that could change following a loss to Detroit on Sunday. And if they do lose to Detroit, whether Nagy and Pace, and they, they keep their jobs for the rest of the season, if they do lose to Detroit, they're losing out. I don't see them winning. You know, they even got Jacksonville on this schedule. 
Jacksonville plays very tough, very competitive football. And now they got Mike Glennon at quarterback. Yes, the former Bears quarterback. He actually had a pretty decent showing against Cleveland last week. Um, they got a stellar running back, rookie running back, James Robinson, a uh, Illinois State um, uh, product. And uh, I, I don't see if the Bears lose this game to Detroit, I don't see how they win another football game this season. Well, it ain't even that. Like, I think the, well, yeah, that the winning part, but the most interesting part of this game is if, and I'm assuming that they, if the, the marketing people are looking at it, it's like, hey, man, watch this sideline. Like, if we start to lose, like, watch the look on people's faces. If he's not calling plays, is he interacting with the defense? If he giving them high fives or they blowing them off? Because, again, this has the recipe for a tornado on the sideline. Like, it just has it. And if you – or, like, say if I had to walk into your defensive your – your defensive room to apologize to you, but now if the defense step up and the offense doesn't, like that's gonna be. I mean, this. I mean, if you want an argument, there could there could be some there could be some fireworks, man. Yeah, yeah. and you know, unfortunately, this uh, these last couple of weeks really have, uh, have have brought back memories of the Mark Trustman era, and I never thought we would get back to that point because that was like a it was truly a embarrassing. Um, mark in the Chicago Bears history. I mean, for once, we finally had a pretty good offense. But, you know, I mean, the Chicago Bears, first thing you think is defense, legendary defensive players. And here you're trotting out, uh, you know, a washed up Jared Allen. And um, what I I think Antrell Roll was on those teams. I mean, it it just was not any good. Um, So, I mean, unfortunately, this, this, this stretch here is bringing back memories of the dreaded Mark Trestman era that I, I thought was well and far behind me. Um, but unfortunately, I mean, I think with a loss to Detroit DJ, um, we're, we're, we're going to reach that point. I mean, it, it's a circus already with the press conferences to a point. I mean, now you got, um, you know, some, some tension now with these players, the wide receivers are um, making some noise on social media and, and it, it's beginning to get to that circus level. It's not, not there yet, but it, it's 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 getting to that level. And with a, a loss to Detroit, uh, I think we might get there. <laughs> yeah, good chance for sure. All right, DJ. So you got the Bears winning at home, thirty to twenty-seven. They'll snap their five-game losing streak. I, yeah, thirty to twenty-three. Thirty to twenty-three. Uh, they snap their five-game winning streak. Five-game losing streak. Damn it. Uh, and they'll uh, then go on to uh, six and six, back to five hundred after starting the year five and one. I got the Bears going nineteen to seventeen uh, with an Akeem Hicks return on the defensive line, and his presence will uh, certainly be made against this Lions football team. Um, again, it looks like they might be catching a break a little too early to say just yet, but they might be uh, the Lions. That is, they, they might be without uh, wide receiver Kenny Galladay, who is uh, really a stellar player when he is healthy. Um, but again, with cornerbacks such as uh, Kyle Fuller and the impressive rookie Jalen Johnson, uh, I, I wouldn't be too concerned. He's more of an outside wide receiver. You wouldn't have to worry about Buster Screen getting next to Kenny Galladay, but looks like we might not have to worry about that um, in general on Sunday. We'll uh, keep a tab on that. But anyways, I'm Chris Shanfelt. He's DJ Moore. Special thanks to Chris Emmy from uh, Chris Emma from 670 The Score. 
uh, for joining the show this evening. Hope everybody enjoyed. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, um, or, of course, the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Um, again, follow the new Twitter account at Chris and DJ Show. Uh, People, people have already come up to me and asked, hey, did you buy your followers? No, I did not buy the followers. Back in the day, I started a Bears fan page, all right? Started a Bears fan page, got a nice following, decided to turn that into the show, uh, the podcast uh, show page. So go ahead and follow it at Chris and DJ uh, Show on Twitter. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be on at some point uh, following the Bears game Sunday. So uh, keep up with the Twitter handle and, and find out the uh, time uh, that we'll go live there. Um, DJ, any final words, man? Any word, any words of encouragement to this Bears squad? This is gonna be the final time we meet until uh, we see the final decision Sunday, man. We we need some words of encouragement. Um, man, just for the defense. Um, you know, I've been part of the you know monsters of the midway, and it's, it's it means something. Um, it means that when you're on TV, national TV, you show up. Means when you know the TV, the cameras aren't on. You show up. I mean, you show up at practice. You practice like you play. Um, I don't need folks to call me out because we gonna call each other out. Um, that's what we do. Um, from defensive line all the way back to the um, to the to the safety position, we gonna win this game on our own. We don't need the offense to score anything. Monster of the midway. Yeah. All right, there we have it. Hopefully the Bears defense was tuning in. For DJ Moore, I'm Chris Shanfield. Again, special thanks, Chris Emma, for joining the show tonight. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Hope you enjoyed. And we'll be on following the Bears, hopefully victory, against the Detroit.